0: A visionary you have a vision you just need to create it and bring it to life welcome to visionary leader extraordinary life with your host Kate Ebner our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want now here's your host Kate Ebner
1: good morning i hope you enjoyed mother's day weekend i know that i did uh, my favorite part of yesterday was re- receiving this beautiful handmade mug for my 16-year-old son, who's taking ceramics in school, and a painting for my daughter, who's 14. And she gave me a card that said simply in her own handwriting, you are a good mother. And let me tell you that when you're a working mother, it's especially nice to hear those words. Um, today, we have a visionary leader on the show who has actually dedicated her life to helping working mothers and, and fathers feel good about what's happening at home. My guest is Barbara Klein, founder and president of White House Nannies, and she knows things that all working mothers wonder about, how to hire a nanny and bring her successfully into your family. As a young working mother herself, in 1985, Barbara experienced the difficulties of finding quality childcare in Washington, D.C. She's going to tell us about her transition from being running an ice cream shop on Capitol Hill to starting the White House Nannies. Um, today, with thousands of successful nanny matches to its credit, White House Nannies has set the gold standard for childcare in the D.C. metro area. Barbara is a highly regarded industry spokesperson and nanny expert with a reputation for setting the highest standards of professional excellence. She's been featured on Good Morning America, Larry King Live, CNN, NPR, and Fox. So what does this entrepreneurial leader know about raising a family with support from a nanny? We're going to learn from Barbara as she shares what she knows about executive families and nannies, and I know we're also going to hear her vision as someone who's really been a pioneer in this uh, kind of child care over the past 27 years. Good morning, Barbara Klein, and welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Good
2: morning, Kate. So happy to be talking to you.
1: Well, I'm very glad you are, and, you know, I, I... remember the first time I heard the name of your company, White House Nannies, and I, you immediately get an image in your mind that this must be the agency that provides nannies to the White House. <laughs> so I would love if you could tell us a little bit about your business, what it does, uh, who you serve, um, what makes it special.
2: Well, White House Nannies is a full-service nanny agency. We provide in-home child care for families on both a live-in and live-out basis. And when I started this 20-odd years ago, we only did long-term placements, meaning uh, a year duration. And starting in the mid-90s, we decided to expand and add temporary and emergency backup to both individual families and corporate clients. We're an employee benefit for a number of law firms and businesses in the area, Businesses will sign on with us and will send child care to the home of their employees when there is a need, like a mildly sick child or a closed daycare or school vacations. And what working family doesn't have the occasional glitch or emergency and need backup? We also do event care like weddings and corporate outings and any event where children are are present. So that's really, we cover the gamut when it comes to children.
1: You know, I'm glad, you, I'm glad I asked you that and you said all that because it sounds like you know the, the kinds of services that um, a nanny agency can offer extends far beyond that one, uh, you know, one family, one nanny kind of match uh, these days. I like hearing about the event services or the backup um, and that companies are actually providing this kind of support to their employees um, and it seems like a really tremendous resource. So thank you for explaining that. What would you say makes your company special? I think
2: it's been our mission from the beginning, uh, it, way back when our tagline was the, the best nannies, the best families, simply the best. And I, and I have to say that 27 years later, I feel that that's exactly how, how we operate, how we feel. We're really looking to do the best matching we possibly can.
1: Well, I, I, I imagine that that's probably music to the ears of the people who are uh, turning to you for this, you know, this kind of support for their families. Um, you know, one one thing I think I've thought about and one of the reasons that I really was excited to have you be on the show today is in my work as a leadership coach, I'm often working one-on-one with executive women who have young families and or, or have teenage families and also travel a lot Um may have late meetings, uh, may have to be uh, at office early, and who really rely on uh, nannies. And I know that this can be a real source of confidence and uh, almost, um, almost like I can relax knowing I've got the right support at home, or it can be a source of enormous tension and anxiety and worry. Um, and And so often, the reason it 's coming up frankly, Barbara, in our my conversations is because people are worried about what's happening at home when they 're at work so i I think we're going to get into this a little bit today, but i want to i want to begin with your story a bit because I think it's a fascinating entrepreneurial story um so I know you graduated um, you know you graduated from school with a degree in Spanish literature and contemplated becoming a lawyer and you know decided ultimately that you really wanted to uh, to start an, an ice cream scooping company on Capitol Hill. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, tell us your entrepreneurial story.
2: Well, my entrepreneurial, if if, I, if you told me when I was in college or graduate school that I was going to own two businesses, I would have said, no way. I was almost, I was always more academically inclined. I really thought I was going to teach, That's and, and I actually got certified to teach. And when I went and actually did my student teaching, I, I didn't love my experience, and Decided that teaching perhaps was not for me, and was trying to figure out what to do. And my graduate work was in Spanish literature, and I always thought I'd work for an international, uh, like the Inter-American Development Bank or the IMF, or one of these organizations. And that didn't quite happen. And um, in 200, oh, I guess it was 19, in the early 70s, when I came to Washington, um, there was a recession here, and it was very much like 2009. And frankly, I was having a lot of trouble finding a job. And um, I was trying to figure out what to do, thought about law, was a paralegal briefly, decided that wasn't for me. And then my father manufactured ice cream, and it never, ever occurred to me that I would have anything to do with his business. But lo and behold, I decided I really didn't want to work for anybody after my experience in the law firm. And uh, within short order, I, my father, after telling me I couldn't possibly do this by myself because an ice cream store was a, quote, mom-and-pop operation, and I was neither. And I was 25 years old, and there was no way I could do this. Well, that was all I needed to hear, and that meant I was going to do this. And he did get on board with me, and he helped me set up the store. And for eight years, I scooped ice cream and ran the ice cream lobby on Capitol Hill. Uh,
1: That that was the name of the store, the Ice Cream Lobby? Yes,
2: the Ice Cream Lobby. always Mm -hmm. believed in having a catchy name. Mm -hmm. And um, it was great until I got held up at gunpoint. Uh, The first time, not so great. The second time, I was the mother of a three-month-old, and I was lying on the floor of my ice cream parlor with a gun over my head. And at that point, I knew I needed to transition into a safer profession.
1: I guess that was, um, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that what it took, Barbara, for you to figure that out? It was pretty dramatic. Wow. That is really dramatic. Yeah, so 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 you were um running the ice cream lobby and a uh, successful ice cream business and yet you, you know you were really in a – it sounds like you were in a dangerous uh, part of town or it was a dangerous time you were I I mean I still can't I'm still thinking about that and you well, so told it was me a that story.
2: business? So I was I was a very and I was a young here I was a young woman with standing in front of the cash register filled with one dollar bills. So I was a very likely, I was a very mm. likely target.
1: And so how did uh, you, <laughs> go sorry. ahead, how did you go from ice cream then to, to the nanny business? Well, I,
2: I was a young mom and I was looking for help and part of, when I started looking for help, I realized there were not a lot of good agencies in town. There were a couple back in the early 80s, but I had worked with a couple, and I said, you know, I really can do this better. And I actually just fell into it because I had a need. And I also had been working with young women in my ice cream parlor. I really liked the college girls. And when I started out in the business, the people who came to work as nannies were coming from the West and the Midwest, and they were essentially the same age range as the young women who worked in in my ice cream store. And it just seemed to work. It was just a natural fit for me.
1: Well, you know, uh, you know, as, as a, as, it's interesting. I mean, you were very entrepreneurial, just finding that that niche and then deciding to move right into it. Um, I'm curious, you know, when you started out, how did you, um, how did you really get it going? Were you called White House nannies from the beginning?
2: Uh, we, I was called White House nannies. Actually, I uh, had a friend who um, was. Uh, this was it was a boyfriend of a friend of mine, and we were out for dinner, and we were trying to figure out what would be a good name. I knew it was important to have a good name, and actually, he came up with White House Nannies, and I said, "Oh my goodness, that sounds so elitist." I, I, I can't. And then I thought, you know, I think it sounds really good. It's it's the White House. It's Washington. I was gonna I was going to be working only in Washington. It was geographically identifiable. It was catchy. People would remember it, and, and it just was an immediate. Fit. so the name came easily, and I think when you start a business, you don't necessarily know what you don't know. <laughs> so uh, I had no doubt that I could do this. I mean, I never had even a scintilla of a doubt that I could do that. I couldn't do this.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, you, that's true. You don't know what you don't know, and with a good name and a good idea, there's a lot of energy and a lot of excitement that comes with that. You know, you've been in business now for a long time. Is it twenty seven years? Yes. 27 years, wow. And, and as, if you were mentoring someone who is just starting out with a business, any advice you'd give them kind of looking back? Well, I'm, I'm a huge advocate
2: for women going out and creating something on their own and becoming their own bosses. So I certainly encourage women to take this leap. And in terms of advice, I, I would tell them to get good advice, to talk to as many people as possible, and to make sure that they hire professionals, lawyers, accountants, so that it can al- avoid a lot of the upfront mistakes. I think mm-hmm. it's important, you know, to do your homework, find out who else is doing what you you want to do, and, and better yet, you know, find a need and fill it.
1: I, I think that's I think that's great advice. I, you know, the advice to get advice, um, especially, and you know, I, I, what I've found is that the the need doesn't actually go away. You know, as you've been in business for a while, you still need good advice. Yeah. You need to find other people who can give it to you. You know, so that's a, you know, I, I, that's maybe in contrast to sort of a go it alone mentality or sort of um, I should know this mentality. It's it's just opening up to getting good advice and discovering what you don't know, and you know how to really how to really make that work. Um, well, you know, I I really do respect you as an entrepreneur, and I'm glad that we've been able to talk a little bit about um, what you've created. Give us just, you know, as before we go to break, tell us just a a little bit about, give us some stats or something about white house nannies. I I said, as we opened that you've matched thousands of families, you know, how, how, how have you grown over the years? Give us a little picture of that.
2: In terms of growth, what, what happened was, as I said, I started out only doing permanent placements and I could see that we were going to, plateau with that in some sense. There were going to be, if we were going to be the kind of operation that we were, it wasn't really going to be about uh, placing every family that came and finding every nanny that came through a job. So I realized we needed to diversify. And that's when the temporary emergency backup came in. Um, and I really do think that's probably the growth part of our business. And. Mm-hmm. It's, it it's and right now the temporary and emergency care is 50% of our business. That's about the best best
1: I can give you right now. Wow. Wow, that's really very interesting. Well, we are going to take a break right now and Barbara when we come back, I would love to, you know, continue our conversation and invite um you to talk a little bit about what you see in the work that you do in terms of of what executive families really need and I know there are lots of listeners who would love to have your perspective on that so we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back
3: always talking business talk to an expert call now toll-free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network
4: think of the world 50 years ago now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now
5: In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lin. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking listen for business reinvention live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel
0: do you want to take your organization to the next level the Nebo company develops leaders teams and organizations to achieve their highest potential we provide executive and team coaching leadership courses, mentor programs and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com.
3: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: We're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to VisionaryLeader at NeboCompany.com. Now, back to today's program.
1: This is Kate, and yes, we do want to hear from you. If you have questions for Barbara, please do send them by email or by phone. Uh, we'd love to have her be able to take your questions live on air. My um, guest today, Barbara Klein, founded White House Nannies in 1985 based on the need she saw for high-quality child care in the Washington, D.C. area. And today, uh, many prominent um, and perhaps less well-known, but just as important. Working parents say that no one knows the inside lives of Washington women like Barbara does. Um, She's a visionary entrepreneur whose business has really evolved over the decades, as has her knowledge and understanding of what it really means for a family to engage a nanny. And I'm sure she knows that from the nanny's perspective as well as from the family's perspective. Um, We've been talking about how White House nannies got started and how Barbara got started in that business. I want to turn, Barbara, to um, a conversation about Actually, um, you know, sort of what you wish every every executive family knew, every, every, every pair of executive parents knew about um, finding and, and hiring the right nanny. What do you think?
2: <laughs> well, I, obviously this is going to be, my, my bias is going to come, come out here because in terms of finding good child care, I, I'm going to suggest that they use an agency. I realize there are, many online sources, but if, if you have busy executives who are looking for childcare, what I think they might benefit from most is a streamlined process. Uh, the quantity um, of caregivers that are posted online is daunting. How, how do you get through that process? How do you weed through that? Uh, that's, what, that's what we do. And if you like, I'm happy to talk a little bit about what our process is like, and I can also talk to if a if a family wants to do this on their own, how they should do it.
1: Yeah, why don't we? I mean, I think what we probably want to know is um, what should we be thinking about, even as we go to 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 make this um, this significant commitment in our lives. You know, we're, we all, after a while, I suppose, you get experienced with it, but often we're sort of at that starting point where we're not even sure how to begin. And the how to begin,
2: I think, is to to think about. What, what, we, these are questions that we, we, we would ask in an application. We'd say, what, what's your schedule? This is, people often don't even think, well, gee, I don't even know. What hours do I need somebody to come into my house? It's very important to, uh, to look at this and not make the schedule as you wish it, it was, but as it really is. So if you, if you need someone to stay till 6 o'clock, um, don't say that it's going to be 5.30. Make sure that you really know that you're going to need someone till 6 or 6.30. It's really important to analyze what your needs are. And the other part is there's this chemistry. This is very amorphous chemistry that I always think this process is a bit like dating. Um, you, you need to kiss a few frogs before you find the right person. And I think that there is a process of interviewing where you start to narrow this, the mom and dad try to figure out, you know, this person really resonates with me. In the beginning, I don't think people know that. I don't think when you're starting out with this, you know what you want. And so I think it's a bit of a learning process.
1: You know, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, I know, I mean, just instinctively, but also from experience, I know that you're right about that. We we think that help is going to arrive maybe looking like Mary Poppins or, right. you know, in some particular way. And, and we have an idea in our minds. And um, I think over time, you do get more clear about what your own... Criteria really are, and some of those initial ideas are, you know, thrown away um, as you get more experienced with this. Um, so I, I like this point. You talk about chemistry. What do you mean? Like, how do you, how do you actually know you've got chemistry?
2: Well, I I think that's something. It, it is. Uh, we can send an application to somebody, or you can look at somebody's resume and say, "Oh, this looks terrific," uh, and then you meet the person, and somehow. It, you're not clicking with them for whatever reason. And one of my biggest pieces of advice is to go with your gut. When you're interviewing people, when families are interviewing, if there's, even if the paperwork looks great, if there's this feeling in your gut that, I don't know, she doesn't, she's not sitting right with me, then you just move on. Uh, and it's nothing that you can uh, quantify or put a name on. But going with your gut is extremely important.
1: Great. Thank you. What else? Uh, In terms of uh,
2: figuring out how to hire somebody, I think uh, you're going to meet a number of people. If you're doing this on your own, by all means, do not bring people into your house that haven't been vetted. Meet in a place that is um, like a coffee shop. Uh, Make sure that before you meet these people that you've called references. Um, Make sure there's a good chronology there. Can you see where this person has been? Are there gaps in the chronology? Now, obviously, the advantage of coming through an agency is we are going to have done that already. Um, there are there's so many pitfalls, and when you're starting out as a new family, I think this is a daunting process. I have a lot of clients who have many employees, and yet this is a hire that they don't feel comfortable doing. Um, hmm. They they feel it it, it's going go to the expert. That's actually that is my advice. Go go to the expert. But if you're not if you're not going to do that, make sure you have some some safeguards here because you don't want to be bringing people into your house who um who actually are going to scare you after they get there.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I would not have thought of that. That's a great, a great point. I like this. So so far, I have what's your schedule, uh, not as you wish, but as it really is. Which I, <laughs> that's a voice of experience speaking. I know we all sort of have wishful thinking about uh, what, what we describe our needs and our actual needs can be quite different. Um, so it's so it's what's your schedule, and then paying attention to chemistry and um, getting. Clearer as you go about what it really is you're looking for, um, how to how to feel it and how to see it when you meet the right person. Um, your third point was meet in a coffee shop before inviting the person into the house. I would not have thought of that, um, and I, I and I think that you're making a really interesting point about um, you know go, going through a screening process uh, just as you would any employee before you actually. Um, op- open, you know, open all the doors, and I, I think that's a really important point for safety as well as almost the mindset for making this hire. And then call the references um, before meeting them. Which, again, you know, I, I would not have, I would have expected to do that after meeting the person. Can you but, say wh- why you would do that ahead of time?
2: Yeah, in Nor- I actually, if you come through an agency, I would tell you absolutely don't call them until you've met the person because why waste time? calling references for people that you really don't like. Mm -hmm. um, But if you're doing this cold and you're just getting someone offline, then I think it's really important that you do your homework uh, before, before you meet them. I also would suggest that both parents are there for the interviews. And I think that parents bring different perspectives and they observe different characteristics. I know in our office... Three of us interview every single candidate that comes through. Hmm. And so we have three different perspectives. And often, I would say 95% of the time, we all agree on every candidate, which is pretty interesting. But one, one person will notice something and say, did you notice this or did you see that or did you hear her say that? And if you do this by yourself, it's like going to a doctor's office. So if you're, bring somebody with you because sometimes hmm. you're, not, you're just not
1: hearing or seeing. Okay, well, that's that's helpful. Um, so, so there you are. You're in the coffee shop with your significant other, and you're doing this interview. What should you ask?
2: You know, one of the one of the most important things in this it, for child care is to find somebody who really loves kids, and you don't want someone who's taking this job because it's a their last, you know, it's their job of last resort. So, you're really looking for someone who has a love of children. And as you're talking to them, I think you're, you'll you pick that up. Um, you also want to, again, have the compatibility factor with this caregiver that she can do your hours if you happen to have dogs or cats, that she likes your pets. Um, if you're looking for someone for a long-term commitment, you want to make sure that this person is capable of committing long-term as opposed to the six months that may be in her head. Um, you want to make sure that in terms of Salary range. You're on the same page. Um, a, another big issue is the ability to communicate. A lot of caregivers have English as a second language or a third language, and which is wonderful. They can share this with the children. You just have to make sure that you or you know, can communicate with your caregiver.
1: You know, these are these are really um, these are really great criteria you know this love of children that compatibility factor not just for you and the caregiver but for the kids the pets you know sort of whatever the the elements of your life really really are um that long-term commitment if that's what you're thinking or the short-term commitment being real clear about the the terms it sounds like for the engagement the salary range and the ability to communicate and um you know it's interesting i mean I, i think back to when i had brand new babies and was in a College environment. My I was a college administrator. My husband also had a had a job, and we ended up hiring a woman who um, was absolutely the answer um, to our lives. Her English was a second language, and we had a lot of very funny, you know, hand, uh, you know, body language conversations because we (laughs) learned to communicate. But I'll tell you that her her name is Norma, and her love of um, children, our children especially, was just uh, unmatched. She really she really gave us that feeling of safety and, and of comfort. And while her English wasn't, um, wasn't the best, um, her care and her ability to understand me was actually quite high. And over time her English improved. So I I mentioned that story because I have, you know, firsthand experience with um, not being sure whether it would work or not. In fact, she spoke Spanish as a first language. I had my Spanish speaking sister interview her um, along with me so that, uh, it would be easier for both Norma and for me and that I could have another opinion, as you said. So yeah. I mean, I, I just tell that story because I think sometimes it's hard to know where to put your emphasis when you're in this process.
2: Well, the other thing, you were on a college campus, which brings up another point. A, a lot of um, parents in this community feel that, or put a premium on education, that they want a nanny who's college-educated. And I think this is a, an interesting, uh, this is an interesting dilemma. I, I think that parents look to um, find people who are most like themselves. And I'm not always sure that this is a great idea. I always say, hire your complement, not your clone. A lot of young people who have um, advanced degrees may do this for a short period of time and they won't be in it for the long haul. So when I'm recruiting and, and vetting candidates. I'm looking for people with experience and with track records.
1: Track yeah, records are but, really important. I think that's a great point. And, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, in our case, you know, back in Middlebury, Vermont, our, our, um, our nanny Norma was actually a, a mother of college-age kids who had immigrated to this country and was in Vermont speaking Spanish and making her way, you know, so she had experience and she was um, she was at that stage that you're describing. So I'm, I'm grateful to her as I reflect on her today and I'm really um, sending a good wish out to her. I'd like to take a break, um, Barbara, and when we come back, you know, you're giving us such great considerations. Let's do a little bit more of that. We'll be right back.
5: If you're ready to find your personal brand, look no further than Brand Your Fire, Get What You Want Radio with host Monica Magnetti. To achieve success in business, who you are and how you're presenting yourself makes all of the difference. Some of the topics discussed on our show include personal branding, what it is and how it will help you. We'll discuss the aspects of this including how to create a brand, drive traffic and increase SEO brand your fire get what you want radio airs live every tuesday at 8 a.m pacific time 11 a.m eastern on voice america business play ball if you're looking to talk baseball even in the off season look no further than the king's corner talking baseball with former world series champion jim leiritz jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Leyritz is heard every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you want to take your organization to the
0: next level? The NEBO company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, NEBO specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice
4: America Business Network.
0: You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner we'd love to hear from you pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 if you'd rather send an email please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com now back to today's program
1: Welcome back. Thanks for being with us today. I'm talking with Barbara Klein, founder and president of White House Nannies. Um, Barbara's been a pioneer in establishing high-quality agency services for qualifying and matching nannies with families. She has a lot of wisdom and perspective to share with us. So let's go back, Barbara, to um, the good tips you were giving us before we took the break. I know you probably got a couple more up your sleeve somewhere. What else? What else do we need to know? (laughs) About overlap, a lot of
2: times people are transitioning from one nanny to the next, and they 'll say yes i 'm going to have an overlap with my my old nanny and my new one i 'm going to keep both of them on together for about three weeks and at that and then I know I have to intervene. My strong feeling about overlap is that it should be as short as possible um, and, and mostly for the pe- because of your child or children the the children are going to be loyal to the nanny that they know. So a new nanny coming on is not going to make much headway with these children while the old nanny is there. And as much as the old nanny may have been happy in her job or perhaps she wasn't quite happy, I don't think you want her sharing inside her information. You don't want her souring this relationship before it starts. And so I'm not a believer in having... One thing is here's where the schools are, here's where you need to go. You can have a couple days of, an, of overlap, but that 's as much as i 'd recommend
1: well that 's interesting because once again, I think you 're right. we tend to think we want to kind of um, create a glide path for the new nanny and uh, easing mm-hmm. out of the old nanny but i could I can understand what you 're saying. I think it can be very hard for the new nanny to get um, to get their bearings with their her own style, her own approach, and potentially for the old nanny to just watch. Um, Watch the handoff. Happening. It's, it's hard
2: for the old nanny. No matter you know, no matter how much she loves the family, she doesn't want you know. Sometimes she doesn't want anybody doing it any better than she did it. And, uh, it, and so it's it's a. As I said, I think it's a uh, cut it short.
1: Cut it short. Okay, good. What else do we need uh, to know?
2: In terms of, um, I think communication is probably the key to the the key the key to the kingdom here. Good communication. Uh, between parents, specifically moms, and their nannies. So important. We always recommend, at least in the beginning, and if you can continue to fawn, it would be great to have a weekly meeting. And it, it can be 20 to 30 minutes, but just a sit-down time where the mom can say, you know, you did such a great job with X. Uh, really appreciate that. And by the way, would you mind doing Y? And if you have these weekly meetings, you don't have the build-up, because oftentimes things will a nanny will be doing something and the parent doesn't want to say anything, and then it continues, and if she had said something just in that first week, it would be gone. And it also allows the nanny to say, here's what's going on at home. I did, you were so busy this week, I, I didn't want to bring it up, but I think you need to look at this. So
1: just, Good just communication. Good idea. So a 20-minute weekly yep. Meeting. That's actually a piece of advice I often give my executive uh, clients as well. Um, just to understand that that they they need to make the time for that conversation. Um, you know, because of what you called the buildup. You know, that happens on both sides. I think that on the right. one hand you know, the nanny's got a feeling or a thought or a, a situation she needs to talk about, and on the other hand, the, the parents have something that's concerning that they're sort of sitting on, and sometimes it doesn't it doesn't get discussed. I also think, and I, I think you're referring to this, that reviewing the week ahead, you know, what's coming in the calendar, uh-huh. uh, special, special things going on, uh, changes in the plan, the things that might have happened over the weekend, you know, just giving that enough perspective that the nanny's not just kind of... um kind of walking in like every Monday is the same.
2: And one of the other things I was thinking about when we were talking in terms of expectations, when you, you're describing, what should a nanny be doing for you? And oftentimes when parents are starting out with their first baby, they really have no concept what, what can get done in the day. Um, my memory is when my husband called me at 2.30 in the afternoon to say, so what are you doing? And I remember just being furious, doing, I'm still in my nightgown. I've done nothing. I I have a crying baby. Nothing Mm -hmm. is done. And Mm -hmm. so when the caregiver gets there, she's going to have days like that where a lot of things don't get done. I I think people have, um, new moms especially, may think that, well, she's going to have a lot of downtime. My baby naps a lot. And actually, sometimes those days, that doesn't happen. I think being realistic in what you want your nanny to do in her downtime, she should be able to take a break, um, throwing in laundry make you know taking care of the children 's things or the child's that 's her job uh, but asking um, a lot beyond that, especially domestic chores that 's where I think families get tripped up with their caregivers that line between is she a nanny or is she a domestic
1: hmm that 's interesting. I have heard those kinds of complaints now um I wonder, you know, do, do people actually do things like have job descriptions for their nannies or lay out kind of what they're uh, okay. expecting and review That's, it?
2: We don't want anybody starting a job without a job description, and that works for both sides. I think it's imperative that families write out a job description. Um, employees do very well when they know what's expected of them. When, when pe- their relationships get tripped up is when, they're, when the caregiver is expected to intuit what the person wants, what the family wants. I think the job description is so, so important. And every caregiver is different. Some people, some of our caregivers love to cook. They, they love doing laundry. I always advise parents to play to their strengths. If someone loves to cook, great. If they hate to, don't ask her to cook dinner for you. Obviously, she's going to be feeding the children. This is mm-hmm. above and beyond the standard.
1: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like... Um this, you know your own unique situation maybe the age of your children the nature of your life you might you know there there's no one job description for a nanny it's actually very dependent upon your life and your situation and what you really prioritize and need and what the nanny can do is right. that right
2: right absolutely and and some some nannies really get pleasure of they like laundry they like folding it's you know it's something they can do when the baby's sleeping or the children are at school um, the other thing that's a, a hot topic now is what happens when children are no longer at home and they're, they're going off to school? What do you do with the nanny? You only need her, quote, part-time. That, that is a big issue nationally. Uh, I need somebody from 3 to 7 or 2 to, five, you know, two to 6. Mm-hmm. That workforce doesn't exist. It's a huge huh. problem. So what, what do you do? Well, some of our nannies have been very smart. They have morphed themselves into nanny managers, and what they do is when the children are in school, they do errands, they do grocery shopping, they do things that help parents and especially executive moms. They make their lives better for them. They can do returns to stores. They can order things for them. They can call handymen, things that need to get done for the house. But the minute the children get home, their focus totally shifts to the children. So the nanny
1: becomes the nanny manager. Now a nanny. Now this is a great concept. I can see how appealing it would be for people to find a nanny who would be willing to be a nanny manager. Yeah. Um, is this an actual uh, name or just a descriptive? Yeah. No, way? I,
2: I don't think I totally made this up. It, it is yeah. on my website, and I did do a job description
1: for it. Yeah. And, yeah. and
2: this is a field nannies have figured this out. They're they're uh, they. How do do I save my job? I love this family. I love the children. I want to grow and evolve with them. And what's better for parents than having continuity in their house? Nobody likes change. Nobody likes
1: change. Good point. Um, Let's go to the matching part of things. True. I know that, you know, that's really your specialty, is actually uh, matching families and, and nannies and you know, making sure that the relationship is working. Um, what do you look for when you're, when you're thinking about a match?
2: With every nanny that we interview, we ask her for her wish list. And I'm, I'm really giving you the inside track to White House nannies here. We mm-hmm. want to know what she really wants to do. What age children does she really want to be with? How many does she really want to be with? What are the hours she really wants? And so once we have that wish list, then we talk to the the parents and we look at what are they looking for what's their vision for this caregiver and what we ask a lot of questions and then we try to we try to match the two and and so we could the frustration for us is we can have a slew of caregivers and a slew of clients and nobody goes
1: together Hmm. that's the tough part of our business yep so you ask that your nanny for her wish list and and it sounds like you've must really believe that um, the more aligned the match is with her, her wishes, the better it's going to work. Is that right?
2: I think it's very frustrating for parents who have hired a caregiver um, and then, and, and she will, the nanny will say, yes, I'll do this. Yes, I can do that. And then a month into the job, she said, you know, I really can't do those hours or I really, uh, no, I really don't like doing that. I, 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 because people need to get jobs, they might say yes to everything but once they're in there they're not happy so we try to eliminate that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So what else do you do when you do you think about when you're doing a match?
2: Yeah, that's a the the, math, the, the wish lists really are our primary we're we're focused on that and we're also you know some people come to us with one idea and what we'll try to do is help educate people. You know, you thought you wanted somebody and we 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 call them young and the young and funds. You thought you wanted somebody twenty something, but let, let us tell you why. Maybe that's not a good idea. So we, I think we think you might like this person, and she's very appropriate for your job. Would you be willing to meet her? So we, because we know what works, we have seen what doesn't work. We try to educate our clients to make good decisions.
1: I, I like that a lot, and I, and it sounds to me like. Um you know working with an agency really does take a lot of guesswork out of this and a lot of um, try you know remove some aspects some elements of the trial and error um, you know for people who aren't in the Washington DC area um, barbara you know how, how do you know a good agency
2: well that's a very good question there's something called the alliance mm-hmm. of premier nanny agencies and the acronym is apna and i would certainly suggest that anyone go online and find APNA and take a look at what agencies are in their respective areas. Um, and there is also something called the International Nanny Association. Um, again, there is a listing of agencies. The criteria for belonging to APNA is way more stringent.
1: Hmm. Okay, so that's really the one to look for. I would say. I would say so. Okay. Very good. Well, we're going to take another break, Barbara. When we come back, I want to. Um invite you to share your vision for this profession and I I also want to tap into you one more time for the wisdom and the perspective and just the pragmatism that you're really bringing us today so we'll be right back.
4: up-to-date business and financial news call now and get the financial information you need 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 the experts are here voice america
0: business network do you want to take your organization to the next level the nebo company develops leaders teams and organizations to achieve their highest potential We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit nebocompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's nebocompany.com.
3: business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network
0: you're listening to visionary leader extraordinary life with host kate Ebner. we'd love to hear from you pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 if you'd rather send an email, please send it to VisionaryLeader at NeboCompany.com. Now, back to today's program.
1: Welcome back. I am talking with Barbara Klein, founder of White House Nannies, uh, really the the gold standard in nanny placement agencies here in the Washington area. And, you know, Barbara, we are um, learning so much from you today. And as we, as we rejoin our, our listeners, I want to ask you, you know, what are some of the common mistakes or sort of pitfalls that families and nannies fall into? You've offered some great suggestions so far on sort of how to make it work well. What, what are some common things to kind of look out for?
2: Well, I think it goes back to our discussion on communication. And sometimes there's a lack of clarity on the part of the parent of um, her needs. And i this this hoping that the nanny is going to intuit what she needs it's so important to yes you've done the job description in the beginning, but along the way you're busy you don't you don't you're not talking and you're not telling her what, what you need so I think one of the pitfalls comes from just not good communicate not good having not good communication and um the other thing may uh, May, that I hear from nannies are that the parents aren't, they don't want to hear. They don't want to hear when things aren't going well. They just hmm. want to hear that it's okay. And that, that's really, that's not using your nanny to her, to her best advantage because she's going to see things, uh, having, spending 10 hours a day with your child that you may not see. So, again, listings, these are, some of, these are some of the things that I hear from caregivers. The other thing is um, uh, undermine, nannies feel undermined when discipline uh, is done differently. It's so important that parents and nannies work as, te- as a team.
1: You know these are really uh you know as as you're saying them they're really resonating with me is so true and so important and um I like what you just said about the the parents and, and caregivers working together as a team you know I think of it really as a partnership you know with the joint you know the joint um goal of creating a, a nurturing safe healthy environment for the children and you know with that as the primary consideration You know, we can we can work together as partners to figure out how best to deliver that. And I'm glad you said that point about um, sometimes parents don't want to hear the not good stuff. Um, I find, you know, I I think in general. probably people don't want to hear in part because they're not sure what to do you know so seeing it as something that you can work out together that you you can sit down together and decide let's try this let's try that you know i would just encourage that sort of mindset of partnership um you know as you um as you talk about this i'm curious you know barbara about um you know can you tell us a story of a time when it's really worked out well just give us a happy Nanny story.
2: You know, I was thinking about as someone said, "What's a happy nanny story?" There, there is. This is an exceptional story, and it's, it's certainly not one that. Uh, it's an unusual story. We had we had a caregiver who was working for a family and. She actually was in her 20s, a college grad, got along very well with both uh, the mom, dad, the children, and actually spent a fair amount of time with the grandmother, so with the extended family. And the next thing we knew, um, there was a younger brother, um, and our nanny ended up marrying into the family. Now, that's very unusual. <laughs> that's very amazing. Happy, <laughs> it was a very happy story. Um, my, but my other happy stories are really And there are so many of these. I can't point to one, but they they have to do with the fact that the family and the nannies create this lifelong bond. And even after the nannies have left their jobs, they are still attending life cycle events for the children that they've cared for. They're going to high school graduations. They're going to college graduations. I've had nannies calling me to say. Yes, I'm going to see my baby graduate from Yale this weekend. So mm-hmm. proud. So there's this wonderful sense that the families are really bonded for life.
1: Mm, that's great. Well, that is a that is a wonderful thing to strive for. And you know, I I, I keep flip flopping in my mind between sort of creating those conditions that really work and how to do that and how to. How, how to be, a, you know, how to sponsor that within your own home, but then also, you know, that mindset of, or not even the mindset, the reality that sometimes that things don't work. And I wonder, how long should you stay with something if you feel it's not working? What do you do if it's not working?
2: Oh, that's such a good question, and that's such a hard one to answer Um if you feel that that you've done everything to make this better and it's not getting better, then you do want to you do want to cut your losses. And uh, I've actually blogged about breaking up. It's very breaking up is very hard to do. Um, if it's not working, I really think that you want you want to sit down, uh, give this talk to this person, give say you'll give her a letter of reference. You know, try to take the high road when you're breaking up. And in terms of how long you should stay in a relationship that's not good, I would say not long.
1: Hmm. So don't, don't keep trying to work it out, work it out, work it out. I, I think
2: um, you should try to work it out, but if you see this is just not everything you do, you're doing is not good. If you're doing, if you're doing weekly sit-downs, and you're not sending mixed messages, and you are using words of praise and, and trying to... Uh, you know, praise works well. Thank you is, is huge. Nanny's tell me, my, my, the employer never says thank you to me. Um, I, most of these people are devoted to the work that they do. And um, if this is not working, you do need to move on. This is your children, your family. If it's not working at home, how, how do you go to work?
1: That's yeah, nice. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I am, I'm, uh, I'm often in that conversation about how long to hang on, and often people hang on because they don't yet have another solution, which I suppose makes the case for an agency approach again, because you could have <laughs> another solution. That's where we solution. come in. <laughs> That's where you come in. Um, you know, as you look out to the future in, of this field and of this industry, Barbara, um, what do you see? What, what's your vision of where this is going? What's the vision you'd love to see happen?
2: The vision that I have had for many years that I would love to see happen, so I would love to see programs all over the country where nannies can go and get credentialed, where there can be affordable and available coursework and not necessarily two years in length because they can't afford to do this. I want nannies to be seen as a, as a profession, they need to be credentialed, and we need to help them get that there. And in that way, when parents are interviewing and, and meeting people, there'll be some common denominator. Oh, this person is a certified professional nanny. She's had training. Mm-hmm. I know she knows the basics. We don't mm-hmm. really have that.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And it seems like um, you know, as we as as we come to a close, I want to build on. This idea that you've been talking about, about the importance of communication. And what I want to say is to you, executive parents out there, that the same skills you use in managing your teams, your employees, are the ones you would bring into your home. And that includes being able to have difficult conversations in a constructive and positive way, being able to give good feedback, being encouraging saying thank you. And I think here's the one that I see sometimes with executive moms, and that's the need to actually get clear on what you want. Because so often we're willing to compromise ourselves to make it work for everybody else. So I really want to invite listeners today to take a pause and think about what do I really want? What is going to work best for me and for this family? And so that when you're communicating with your nanny, you can do that really clearly and in a way that she can be successful Um, I want to thank you, Barbara, for joining me today on Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. It's just been a pleasure to have you. You've just been a wealth of knowledge. Thank you.
2: Oh, the pleasure's been mine. Thank you, Kate. Have a wonderful week. You too.
0: We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life.